You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. Now, here's Green Biz Executive Editor, Joel McCower. Recently, at the Green Build Expo in Boston, Greener World Media released the 2008 Green Building Impact Report. The report is the first to answer the question, what is the environmental impact of the LEED Green Building Rating System? Remarkably, no study had ever measured the environmental improvements LEED has made to air, water, land, and climate, and the productivity improvements of those who toil inside those buildings. The report was written by Rob Watson, executive editor of GreenerBuildings.com and president of Ecotech International who served as LEED's National Steering Committee Chairman between 1994 and 2005. At GreenBuild, I spoke with Rob about the report and about the state of green building. We're sitting here several yards from the floor of the the GreenBuild conference, and it seems quite a spectacle to me, 30,000 or so people, and I, I don't even know how many hundreds of exhibits. You've been at this since day one. When you look at this, what does this look like to you? It looks like hope. The 150 people on a grassy knoll below the Rockies was a wonderful kumbaya experience. But the scale, scope, and speed of transformation that's necessary really requires uh, this level. In fact, I'm hoping that in Phoenix we get 50,000 people because really everybody has to be a green builder now, uh, whether it's in their personal life or whether they're uh, building a 100-story building. So... uh Phoenix is where the 2009 conference is going to be. What's the reference to the 150 people in the Rockies? Well, when we were uh, a very young organization, we had a couple of uh, meetings at the Big Sky Resort in uh, Big Sky, Montana. And so it was sort of the early stalwarts. Um, And we were treated to some very uh, special events, like uh, Ray Anderson of Interface gave his first spear in the chest uh, speech and and that was was a very uh, moving thing to be in front of watching this uh, incredible man sort of bare his soul and we went on hikes together and it was just a very different experience and uh, sadly with this number of people we can't quite have that same outdoor experience but I think we hold a little bit of that inside us as we walk around. That's great. So I look in the, the halls of, uh, go down the aisles, and there were 27 aisles. Each one seemed to be a mile long. I'm sure it wasn't, but it just felt that way. And I see a tremendous uh, number, obviously, of companies and products, but also of claims. I sort of wonder about, um, you know, using claims that outside of this room, you know, things like natural, non-toxic, um, sustainable, green, would probably be under attack from, say, some of your colleagues, former colleagues at the NRDC or Greenpeace or any number of other groups who are sort of looking at, you know, how do we get beyond some of these generic claims? Does that concern you when you look at this? Yes and no. Um, You know, there's a little bit of the Lake Wobegon effect where, you know, we're all above average. Everybody's an environmentalist. Um, And I think the market is fairly ruthless in its discipline of uh, false claims. And my guess is that uh, professionals talking to each other, bad experiences publicized. I mean, this is, after all, the age of the Internet, and um, news gets around very fast. 
I also expect that there will be advances in the way materials and products are evaluated uh, more comprehensively over more life cycle on more factors. And as life cycle assessment matures and becomes uh, closer to uh, the, the comprehensive uh, analysis uh, that we hope it to be, that you know, these kinds of lenses will be applied to, applied to products and services and, and allow us to have much better information to make our decisions. So maybe you're uh, echoing the words, of, I think it was Hunter Lovins who said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, that greenwashing is good and more of it the better. That just means companies are engaged and that, that begins a conversation that then sorts out uh, in the marketplace about who's really good and who's not. Well, uh, certainly, uh, you know, I, Hunter is a dear friend and, and, you know, have profound respect. And, and I think uh, the fact that everybody is an environmentalist is a good sign. Um, I think that we will need to exercise skepticism and uh, put, uh, you know, a hard eye and, and uh, a focused lens on these claims and on these products and really kick the tires and test them out in the field and, and let people know in the companies and outside whether things are working or not. So let's talk about the Green Building Impact Report, uh, which really answered for the first time in, in tangible, measurable ways, is green building moving the needle? What Im impact is it having on air, water, resources, etc.? Why had that never been done before? Uh, for Well, it basically violates Miss Piggy's third law, which is never eat more than you can lift. <laughs> um, you have 65 different environmental measures, uh, and each of which has, uh, in some cases, a fairly difficult uh, unit of measurement. Uh, so the 65 measures refer to 65 aspects of lead? That's correct, the 65 lead credits. And so um, probably 50 of them have different measurement bases, uh, soil, tons of soil removed, uh, vehicle miles traveled. And so we had to go through each one and figure out, you know, what are we measuring on? Uh, can we get that measurement? Uh, do we have any basis in reality to make this calculation, uh, or are there reasonable assumptions that we can make to substitute? And so it was, it was just, it, it was a very arduous process going through not only uh, figuring out all the market data uh, for all the various lead products and, and what impact are they making each one, you know, lead EB versus lead CS, CI, and C, but each of the different uh, credits in each one had a different impact. So it was, it was a fairly arduous exercise. So, uh, and also what's the baseline of what, what would the business as usual case be without these lead products? Exactly. Well, and, and so in, in many cases we took baselines uh, that are referenced in the lead standards because lead is not an absolute standard. It's a relative standard because that's really the only, we have no idea what sustainability in fact looks like. So there's no, no absolute benchmark we can shoot for. Um, but in, in many cases, as you, as you pointed out, you know, we had to create a baseline. And um, so that was uh, a time-consuming process as well. So uh, Ms. Piggy's Law, notwithstanding, and maybe now that you've done this, she needs to come up with a new one. But uh, how uh, much of the picture do you feel you were able to describe? You, first of all, this just covered uh, U.S. buildings. 
I think this is a, an initial sketch. Uh, I think next year uh, we will want to uh, do our. Uh, we will want to have more certified projects in our database. Uh, we have 750 this year. Uh, we would want to at least double that. Uh, we want to look at the international picture. We want to look at homes. Uh, there are a lot of things that were not filled in um, in the sketch, but I think uh, it, it really gave us a, a good frame of reference for A, how far we've come, but also how far we've gone. Um, you know, we are just in the lowest foothills climbing Mount Sustainability, uh, and it looks like a long way down from where you are, but when you turn around and look at the peak, there is a much more arduous climb left to go. What surprised you most in the findings? Once you added up all the energy, um, you know, how small it was compared uh, to uh, the national scope. Because the, the, the building level impacts are fairly impressive, and, and even the raw numbers are fairly impressive. But then you start uh, matching them to the, the tidal wave of energy that we use every day. And um, it's, it's humbling. It's sort of like, you know, uh, to a midget, even a ripple looks like a tsunami. So uh, it's, it, was, it was a fairly humbling experience. Wait, so in that metaphor, are we the midget or the ripple? or we're... <laughs> Well, the, the lead is, you know, green building movement is the midget. The energy savings are the ripple. And, uh, you know, so we are trying to get a real tsunami going. And I think we're capable of it. We've got the proven basis and the, and the economics behind us now. We just have to change the way people think. Talk a little bit about what uh, is going on in the developing world around lead kinds of standards. Are the Chinese, the Indians, are, are they beginning to build with all the massive building? I've heard some statistic that some, is it one out of every 10 or one out of every four building that's being built in the world is being built in China? I'm sure you know what that is. But, but are they starting to adapt these standards? Well, there, there's more building going on in China than anywhere else in the world, almost as much as the entire rest of the world combined. Um, but uh, I, I heard some very uh, interesting and encouraging news. Um, Jones Lang LaSalle, uh, people who had been doing research on this issue, found that in the uh, central business districts of uh, Beijing and Shanghai, uh, over half of the Class A buildings going in uh, were registered uh, for LEED certification, and, and so several of which uh, were nearing the completion stage and, and were uh, in line for certification. So that was a, a very encouraging finding uh, from my perspective, and, and I expect that you know, as green picks up and we translate lead into Chinese, that uh, this will accelerate. And, and what's the impact or implications of that for uh, U.S. builders? Is that going to create some economies of scale on some of the products that might bring them prices down, make them more affordable, or is it, are they not connected that way? Well, you know, clearly China price is really important. Um, a lot of the best technologies are still available from the West. Um, hopefully we will see greater uptake and in some innovation in China that, that can then flow uh, the other way and, and you know, stimulate further uh, invention in the U.S. I really think that the U.S. sustainability and innovation engine needs to stay ahead. We're, we're never in the West going to be able to compete with the developing world uh, in producing last year's technology more cheaply. Uh, our comparative advantage is developing and creating next year's technology and keeping that 12 to 18 month lead 
uh, that that we can get. But you know, given the flat world and and communication and just uh, you know the level of, of interaction, uh, IP really and, and innovation has uh, a, a 12 to 18 month shelf life, uh, which in in green is a really good thing. So I, I I hope that that flywheel spins ever faster and we really churn innovation through. And we'll start to see next year in the Green Building Impact Report maybe how some of that's playing out from an environmental perspective. Well, that would be probably too depressing, um, but I think uh, you know we will we will focus on the uh, the sort of the aggregate values. Uh, I'm not sure whether we're ready to see how little difference we're making yet, but um, I think it will be encouraging by itself. But we'll if if we do do a comparison, it it will be a a, a fairly breathtaking um, realization that uh, we've got a long way to go. Well, and we'll show, be able to show in subsequent years how far we've come, too. Exactly, exactly. So as uh, Green Build 2008 winds to a close, um, any sort of thoughts on the state of the industry or, or what you uh, wish had happened this year or just final uh, thoughts? It's just, I think... The, in spite of everything, the the overall uh, vibe I get is 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 hope and determination, uh, a belief that we can go farther. We must go farther than we've we've gone. Um, that green and that that green building and innovation is really um, it's it's whole is all part and parcel of of the kind of the hope for the future that I think you know we've we've. Uh, dared to uh, hope for again, and so I think that uh, we will continue to see uh, growth, or certainly less slowing in growth in green, and that this is a, a good thing for our kids and our grandkids. Rob Watson, thanks so much. Thank you, Joel. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.